The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. If you are having some issues with your disability insurer or a friend or a family member or colleague is, if you're a little bashful about it, no problem. You have the email uh, option as well, and that is help at disabilityrights.ca. You can also uh, leave questions at mydisabilityquestions.com, but we'll, uh, we'll reiterate that throughout the show today. Lots of stuff to get through, uh, Savannah, including three mistakes your disability lawyer can make while handling your LTD claim. What is going on with you today? I am very good, John. Very Excellent. happy to be here with you and all the listeners. And, uh, you know, I, I know that you and Lior like to hog the uh, the employment law uh, sphere of things. But, yeah. you know, as we discuss often here, employment law and long-term disability law often intersect. Yep. So let me start off with a question that was posted to our free website that we've had in operation for years now, mydisabilityquestions.com. And just for listeners out there who are not familiar with it, uh, it's a free website. Thousands of questions have been asked by individuals across the country. I answer these questions. Like I said, it's free. It's anonymous if you want it to be anonymous. Uh, and it's just a very good source of information to answer all your long-term disability questions. So here's one uh, that was posted by someone recently. And here's the question. I've been on the uh, LTD, long-term disability, for 18 months. Can my employer terminate me for frustration of contract and pay zero severance or termination pay. I've worked there for eight years. So, you know, again, Lior, if he were here, he would answer this question obviously very easily. And I think I'm equipped also just by virtue of osmosis working with him and the other employment lawyers at the firm uh, to answer this question. The reality is this, uh, in Canada, it is illegal for an employer to terminate an employee on disability, an employee that is disabled. It's just, it's against the human rights codes that we have throughout the country. And this is significant for two reasons. Number one, first of all, this individual would be entitled to severance as well as potential human rights damages. But, you know, the crux here for me is that this person has been on disability for 18 months. I don't know if this person is planning to go back to work or not. But if this person is let go from their job, John, and uh, is offered severance, then you know, most LTD policies contain provisions that give the insurance company credit or an offset for any severance you get. So if you're let go from your job and you got, let's say, $30,000 in severance that your lawyer was able to get you, your employment lawyer, but your employment lawyer doesn't understand the interplay between LTD and, 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 and uh, employment law, mm-hmm. well, then guess what? As soon as your insurance company finds out you got that, that severance, they're going uh, to ask you either to fork it over or they're going to start they're going to stop your benefits your LTD benefits for a period of time equivalent to that $30,000 okay so so you know there are ways around that there are ways that we can negotiate severance human rights damages that will lessen the effect perhaps even eliminate that so that you don't lose that money because again that money is owed to you uh, but you know more than that the message is clear here if you are an, an employee who, who is disabled or is experiencing certain dis, disabling impairments from an illness, an injury, and you're having issues with your employer, you have to go, you should go to a law firm that deals with employment law and disability law. That's the only, these are the only two uh, uh, areas of practice that, that our lawyers practice in Ontario, in BC, and soon enough in Alberta. 
Uh, by the way, I want to reach out, as uh, Savannah's mentioned, one 821 5900 is a good way. You can go to disabilityrights.ca as well, the, uh, the website. Uh, number two, with your, uh, your week that was, what do you got for us? I have a very interesting one. So an individual contacted us um, through our office in BC, and this person is on LTD. Um, he, he's on disability because of anxiety, depression. He has a counselor, a psychiatrist. He's 37 years old. His LTD payments are just over $3,000 a month. So, so it's significant. Now, it's his wife who called us. And here's the reason why. And we've talked about this before, John, where long-term disability insurers often ask claimants who are on LTD to attend an assessment, an IME. An IME stands for an independent medical assessment. Right. Now, this is obviously... Uh, you know, humorous to me because the word independent is is completely misplaced here. I mean, uh, these are assessments that are arranged for and paid for by the insurance company and often undermine the conclusions of treating doctors, the individuals treating the actual claimants. But here's what's interesting about this person who contacted us. Apparently, uh, again, we're in the COVID era right now. Uh, the insurance company has scheduled an assessment for this lady's husband, but they want him to sign a waiver saying that he agrees to that assessment and that he waives any liability for the risks involved with COVID if he attends the, appoint the, 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 uh, the appointment. So, so think about that for a second. Uh, we've talked about this before. Individuals who are on LTD, right? You have this contract with your insurance company. Under that contract, the policy, the LTD policy, you have certain obligations in order to get that, those payments. Conversely, the insurance company has certain obligations towards you. They have to pay you if you qualify, if you're eligible for LTD. But you don't have to do anything that the policy doesn't require you to do. And same goes for the insurance company. Well, where does, where does it say in this insurance policy that this person has that he has to sign a waiver Right, waiving any uh, uh, potential uh, liability, damages, whatever it is relating to COVID, if he attends this appointment in person, especially since many of these appointments are now down remotely, right? We can do these things through Zoom uh, in most instances. So it, it's just interesting to me that insurance companies are not only telling people to attend these assessments, which is fine because it's part of the policy process, it's part of the long-term disability claim process, but they are asking something here that the insurance contract, the insurance policy, does not allow them to ask, which is for him to sign a waiver, waiving away his rights if he contracts COVID while he attends this assessment. And my advice to this individual is going to be absolutely do not agree to that. Why should he? Yeah. What happens if this assessor or this office doesn't comply with government regulations and, and, you know, health authorities, you know, and he contracts COVID and, you know, God forbid something happens. Why should he be waiving his rights? There is no reason. So, again, to me, this seems like an insurance company that is overreaching. And we see this time and time again, John, where insurance companies overreach. They deny wrongly LTD claims. They cut people off benefits. And, again, you know, I, I speak about this on every show, but it's something that we have to talk about because people need to understand that they have rights. They have rights. They have power to challenge these insurance companies. And to anyone out there who thinks that there is a huge power imbalance between you and the insurance company, it's just optics. Trust me when I tell you this. I worked on the other side. It's optics. Insurance company wants you, to, they want you to feel helpless when they are denying your claims. They want you to think that you have no options or your only option is to appeal, right? Those decisions internally within the insurance company. 
Nothing is further than the tr- uh, uh, from the truth here. Uh, this is just not correct. And, and I know this because this is what our lawyers do each and every day. We help individuals who have been denied or cut off wrongfully long-term disability or who, who have been injured and, again, are seeking compensation. This is what we do. So, so again, this show is here to educate you. Please, 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 if you know anyone who needs this information, tell them to tune in or tell them to go to disabilityrights.ca. They're going to get all this information for free. Well, you've got to hand it to them. They're not dumb. Insurance companies aren't dumb. They're preying on people's ignorance, and it works for them every day, whether it's the appeal process or otherwise. they just People just buy it hook, line, and sinker because it's a big insurance company. They obviously know better than I do as an individual, right? Well, they, they think that, you know, you're right. So, so on the one hand, people who are not in this industry simply assume that if the adjuster says X, then it must be true, yeah. right? If the adjuster is telling you, here, there are three reasons why you're not going to get long-term disability or why we're not going to pay your house insurance claim or your car insurance claim or whatever. And people think, okay, well, I guess this adjuster knows what they're doing. Exactly. Maybe they do, maybe, or maybe, maybe, just maybe, they're trying to make you go away. Okay, and sometimes adjusters misinterpret the policy. Sometimes I can tell you anecdotally that sometimes I think that uh, they lie. Uh, you know, when when they say certain things which are clearly wrong. Like for example, I'll, g- I'll give you a very simple example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen more than my share of um, uh, LTD claims getting denied when the treating doctors provide reports that say that this person is disabled, but these are more lengthy reports. And what happens is that adjusters often, in many instances, cherry pick information from those reports. And you know, it's just like a doctored video in politics. You can make somebody say anything you want them to say if you doctored the video. Same thing when an adjuster cherry picks information from, from medical reports, which are favorable to the insurance company, and then they leave everything else sort of un, unspoken about, right? That they, 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 they you know, don't deal with it. And, and they paint a picture as though the person is not disabled and is able to work. And again, when we get into the picture, suddenly we call the insurance company on that. And you know, that there's a reason why they often want to come to the table fairly quickly to resolve these claims, because they understand that if this ended before a judge, they would get hammered. But the ordinary person out there either thinks that the insurance adjuster knows what they're talking about, or they conclude that there is no point fighting the insurance company because they have too many resources. It's a billion-dollar entity. The power imbalance is so significant that there is just no point challenging them. And again, I'm telling you that is completely incorrect. It is incorrect, and there is a reason why lawyers like myself, we're not the only ones, by the way. There are other firms across the country that help individuals who have been denied or cut off long-term disability. My point is this. If this happens to you or to someone you know, you have to challenge the insurance company, or at the very least, you have to find out what your rights are. You want to reach out, by the way, we'll get into our topic for the day, three mistakes your disability lawyer could make while handling your LTD claim. Important stuff. You can also call in and ask your questions uh, either for yourself or for a family member who's uh, having some issues. Email address is help at disabilityrights.ca. And to get a hold of Savan or his crew any other time, toll free, of course, one 821 5900 will continue just getting warmed up disability law show global news radio you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto talk to savan get some advice or at least Get down the right road anyway if you're dealing with an insurance company, if you're on LTD, you've been cut off, or you think it's coming down the pike. 
call and get that uh, get that information. Reaching out otherwise, you can go to uh, disabilityrights.ca. That's the website. Put help at in front of that, and that'll send you an email as well. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Okay, three mistakes your disability lawyer could make while handling your LTD claim. I know you narrowed this down from several, but we'll get to the uh, the top three. Number one, not explaining the legal came, uh, claim process to you in detail because it is not that simple for the layman. It's not simple at all. And, you know, the analogy that I'll give you is if you have a major surgery you're going to undergo, you want to be explained in layman's terms what to expect. You just you need to understand that. Now, some people don't care. And, and frankly, I have people who come to us and say, listen, just deal with this for me, please. I need to focus on my health. And, and you know what I tell people? Listen, I will give you as much information as you want, but I'm going to err on the side of giving you more information, not legal, not not technical legal information. I can't stand it when I speak with uh, my wife who's an accountant, for example, or my brother who's a doctor, and they speak in languages that I simply don't understand. And I, I've told them before. I just just break it down for me, you know. Talk to me like I'm a six-year-old. Explain to me in basic terms what this accounting concept is, what this medical concept is, and, and so they're used to that. By the same token, the disability lawyers on our team uh, are, are very focused on explaining in detail, but not to overcomplicate the case. Just to explain what happens. Uh, if you come to us and, and you need our help dealing with a long-term disability issue. And, and I'll tell you, John, uh, you know, we're talking about these mistakes that disability lawyers often make. I've taken these mistakes here and, and really narrowed them down to three. There are many, many mistakes, but not mistakes that our lawyers make because we simply don't tolerate these kinds of basic mistakes. But I have seen them done over and over and over. So the first one here, not explaining the legal claim process to you in detail. What happens when you hire us? What is the next step? What is my assistant going to do? What is my law student going to do? What is my associate going to do? How do we file that legal claim? What happens when the insurance company gets that legal claim? What happens afterwards? How much time can you expect to pass? Right? This is all important. When can the case uh, potentially be uh, resolved? For how much money? I'm not telling you that I'll be able to forecast absolutely everything. I'm not telling you I have a crystal ball. In fact, if a lawyer tells you your case is going to end on this and this date for this amount, you know, this amount of money, I can tell you right now that lawyer knows nothing. And that lawyer is simply trying to get you to sign on the dotted line and, and you know, you're going to find later you're going to be very disappointed. Because the reality is we don't have a crystal ball. There are many factors here, okay? There are many things, but we have a lot of experience in this field so we can give you an idea of what to expect. And if you don't understand the basic details of your case, it's like going into major surgery, not knowing what's going to happen. And I don't know about you, John, but I want to know if somebody's opening my chest to work on my heart or, or brain surgery or even knee surgery, whatever, I want to know what is involved, how long it's going to take, what to expect in terms of pain afterwards. So make sure that when you go to a lawyer to deal with your disability claim, and frankly, any lawyer, immigration yeah. lawyer, family lawyer, it's your case. I keep stressing this. It's your case. You are the one at the end of the day that is being tremendously affected by the results of what happens here. You have to demand that you get explained absolutely everything. And, and you know, John, we talked uh, in the past few shows about this class action that we had initiated against TD, TD for travel insurance. Mm -hmm. We're in the process of assessing another class action here. Uh, I'm not going to give details about that because uh, there's confidentiality reasons right now. Uh, but I will tell you this. 
I had spoken with the individual who's the potential lead plaintiff on that class action, and I, I had uh, in you know a, a conversation over for over an hour just this past week. And he kept apologizing for asking me all these questions that he was asking. And I said, don't apologize. I love these questions. It tells me that you're invested in the case. And if I'm giving you an answer that doesn't make sense or you don't like, then tell me. We need to have that communication. And I think lawyers oftentimes forget that. It's absolutely crucial for people to understand what their cases are about, what the legal steps are, and what to expect. Because if you don't have that, I'm telling you, you're flying blind, and it's you who's going to regret that. Email help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll get to some emails here in just a few minutes. They're already starting to come in. But the second of three mistakes your disability lawyer could make while handling your LTD claim is this, not getting the necessary medical reports for your case to make sure it's as strong and ironclad as it should be. So, you know, what I um, use as an uh, analogy for this is, is, is the following. You know, if, if you're in a race, in, in a car race, uh, you know, you're not going to use cruise control. You're going to, to, to hit the gas and, and you're going to go for the turbo button and you're going to go for whatever it is you need to win. And that's how we view a case when we take it on, except that our opponent is the insurance company. And the turbo buttons that we're pressing or the gas pedals we're pressing are your doctors, your treating doctors. Uh, it's very, very important that we get the necessary information and documentation from them. And we do that in conjunction with you as our client, as their patient. We also reach out to various experts if we need, right? People uh, in the medical field to bolster the opinions of the uh, treating doctors. And this is very important. I can't stress this enough. When I was working on the other side, John, many, many years ago for insurance companies, it would be very interesting for me to see how some lawyers who who, who were representing uh, uh, they were presenting in, injured individuals, disabled individuals, they would go on cruise control. They would simply give me whatever their clients gave them. They would simply give me whatever they they were able to get from the doctors. But they wouldn't probe. They wouldn't you know sort of try and needle the thread there. Sometimes you know you got to ask certain questions of the doctors to clarify certain things. It's extremely important to understand that every case is unique. Every person who is disabled is suffering somewhat differently, and it affects them differently, right? You can have back pain. I can have back pain, but it can affect us differently depending on the job we do, our physique, our age. It's very unique. There's no one-size-fits-all. So it's absolutely crucial for a disability lawyer to understand the full scope of the medical support they need in order to maximize the settlement or a judgment at the end of the day against the insurance company. And the mistake that I... Uh, sometimes see when when people transfer to our firm from other lawyers is that those lawyers are on cruise control. They they simply assume that whatever they get, that's what they're going to give the insurance company, and you know Bob's your uncle. That's it. No, that's not the way it works. Okay, that's like somebody in in a car race going on that cruise control. You're going to lose. The insurance company is going to be ahead of you. So that's a mistake. You have to make sure that you have the proper medical support. And if you don't have it at this point, we have to work on getting it. We have to get your doctors in line to make sure that their opinions are in writing. So we can give that to the insurance company because that's going to give us uh, you know, the, 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 the pressure points that we need you know, to force the insurance company to pay you and to maximize your settlement. Uh, the third of three mistakes your disability lawyer could make while handling your LTD claim. This one, don't want to don't make any uh, smaller mention of this one because this one is huge, and that is simply selling your case for less than it's worth. You don't want to do that, right? 
No, just like, again, when you go to a doctor, you want to make sure that you maximize your healing with that doctor. You don't want a doctor that's going to yeah. just be very blasé about your condition. You want, you know, the last thing you want, John, when you have surgery as an example, this is, this is the best example, uh, for a doctor to say, yeah, you know what, that surgery went okay. I'm sort of satisfied with it. Uh. No. Absolutely not. You want to have the perfect surgeon. You want to have the perfect results or, or, or the most perfect that, that is possible. And, and I'll tell you, there is, there is a concept in, in uh, the legal world, in litigation, called improvident settlement. And that means that when a, a person settles for significantly less than the, what they should have settled. And I'm telling you, when I was working for the insurance industry, uh, and and I saw, I mean, I myself negotiated settlements on behalf of insurers when I knew that the lawyers on the other side were just not good. But, you know, my client was the insurance company back then. So that's who I had to protect. And I'm telling you, I had negotiated many settlements when I was working for insurers where uh, the individuals that uh, made the legal claims probably got about a fifth or a fourth of what they were really entitled to. Jeez. But now that I'm working on the other side, that is the most sacred thing for me to make sure that, you know, when we, when my client signs on the dotted line, the settlement documents, that I know in my heart and that I've conveyed that to my client, that uh, it, there was no, nothing left on the table. Every penny was extracted from the insurance company. That's what you're hiring me to do. Right, you're hiring me yeah. to make sure that I get you full compensation or as much compensation as the law allows. And any cent, any dollar that I leave on on the insurance company's table is money that is taken away from you and your family. I can't stand that. I wish more lawyers would see it that way. I can tell you, by the way, we're not the only lawyers who feel strongly about this. There are other lawyers I I, I know in BC and in Ontario who are phenomenal lawyers. Unfortunately. At least this is what I think. They are few and far between. The vast majority of lawyers, they operate their law firms like like factories. Right? As long as I can make a buck on you, then that's what I'm going to do. Uh, as long as I can, you know, it's like for for real estate agents, if I can sell your house for I don't know, a hundred thousand dollar less, but make a quick buck, then I'll do that. We don't operate this way. And, and I have seen cases, by the way, John, when people have come to me with brain injuries, for example. And even the legal claim that they crafted, let alone the settlement down the road, but the legal claim did not properly outline the severity of the injuries and the impairments. Well, if you don't do the right things from the beginning as a lawyer, how can you expect to get maximum compensation down the road? So again, you know, you have to understand that the lawyer you go to, the law firm you hire, to a large extent, that's going to dictate the results that you're going to get for your case. Okay, it's going to affect the amount of money that's going to end up in your pocket. So just remember that. Yeah, you don't want to go through a drive-through law firm that's going to just you know churn them and burn them, and out you go. You get a, a fraction of what you wrote. I don't think it does the law firm any good either. I don't see the the, the concept or the reason why any law firm after several years would want that reputation. It would be extremely damaging, so I can see why you guys don't play in that field, right? Well, many of them don't care, John. Many of them yeah. do not no. care. Uh, and, and, you know, this applies to every industry, by the way. I mean, go and check out Google reviews. I mean, for our firm, for example, I mean, you'll see what I'm talking about in terms of what we get in terms of feedback. Uh, but many law firms don't care. Many lawyers don't understand the concept. See, here's the problem. And, and again, this is a pet peeve of mine. Many lawyers out there seem to think that they are doing favors for their clients. And again, it's not just in the disability uh, uh, legal industry. It's also in family law, in corporate law. Lawyers think, m many of them, they have egos. They think they're gods. 
they're not gods. They're human beings. We work for the individual that hires us. And, and until lawyers understand that, until lawyers get you know, the point that they are working for the person that hired them, and so therefore they are responsible to that lawyer, and they have to make sure they do everything in their power to do what they've been contracted to do for that individual, then you're going to get uh, you know, th- this kind of an attitude. By, by many, many lawyers out there. And, and listen, I, I guarantee you, John, many people who are listening right now, maybe they haven't had a disability claim, but they've had a real estate lawyer or a family lawyer or whatever else. And they're saying, yeah, yeah, that's how I felt. I felt like I, I, you know, I had to chase the lawyer down. I had to chase the, the, the assistant down for us, for our firm. And, and you know, we have close to 100 people now uh, you know, across our offices uh, in, 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 in BC and Ontario that is a huge, huge no-no. And if we find out that somebody's treating a client like that, they're out. Let's take a short break and get into some emails. As promised, you want to send one along, you got to, you got time. Help at disabilityrights.ca to reach out to Savan and his team anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Disability Law Show continues. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to it. Yeah, indeed, disabilityrights.ca is the website you can use anytime. By the way, mydisabilityquestions.com, that website, you can go there. It is a place for you to ask questions. You have concerns, leave them there for uh, Savant's team. They'll get to them uh, rather quickly, give you a nice full robust answer but you can also search the database of questions because it's been around for some time and people have asked all kinds of things so there's a a fairly good chance that your question has been asked in detail so check it out first if not leave it there and it will get answered again mydisabilityquestions.com because you're helping everybody else uh, as well right in between that we will get to email uh savannah first one of the day comes from our pal dan says guys my sister has been battling covid which is very, very difficult. She also has a history of depression, and this infection has made her situation very bad. She was even suicidal, and her psychiatrist put her on some new meds. She was denied long-term disability because the insurance company said that on her Facebook, they could see that she's posting pictures of her smiling and going for walks around her neighborhood. Is that enough for them to deny her claim? It's not at all representative of her true situation. Can you help her? Yes, Dan, I, I, we absolutely can help her. First of all, thank you for reaching out to us on her behalf. Um, very, very terrible, obviously, that she's going through what she's going through. No question in my mind, without even looking at the medical documents, that she has a case here. And, and John, this is something we see quite often. Again, remember I talked about insurance companies cherry-picking information, where one of the ways they do that is through snooping around, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever other social media you know, they they will take something uh, as simple as a picture of someone smiling or, or, or walking or doing some activity that does not necessarily reflect, you know, their current impairment, especially if it's a psychological or a mental illness type of an issue. And, and they will throw that back in your face and they will say, because of this, you do not uh, um, get LTD. Nothing is further than the truth. It's just nonsense. Not only is it nonsense, I can tell you that we probably can bring this claim to a resolution fairly quickly. Because as soon as we start a legal claim against the insurance company and there is a defense lawyer appointed and we start looking at the medical documents, 
and we start really looking at the Facebook pictures and, and you know, juxtaposing that with the medical documents. Remember, people are putting things on Facebook that will show them as happy. That's generally what happens. And same thing with other social media platforms. Uh, and, and people know that, but insurance companies will use that against you. You know the old adage, well, you know, whatever you say can and will be used against you in a court of law? Well, <laughs> right. it, with social media, whatever you put out there can and will be used against you uh, by an insurance company, not necessarily in a court of law, but by an insurance company. So first of all, word to the wise, please, please, please be careful of what you post when you're applying for disability. Not because you want to mislead anyone, but because you're giving the insurance company ammunition. I can't stress this enough. It's not about you know, the truth here for insurance companies. It's about optics. And if they, if they can throw that in your face and, and you know, gaslight you and make you think, no, you may, you know, you're not really disabled, well, then that's how they get people to just walk away from money that's owed to them, John. So, Dan, after the show, uh, let's get in touch. I want to speak with your sister. I can explain everything by phone, by Zoom, whatever is required. She has options here. We can help her. And I actually don't think in a case like this, it's so severe. You know, this poor lady, John, is, is suicidal. I, I can definitely help her. My team can help her. And we can bring this to a resolution and get the insurance company to pay her what she's owed. When you, uh, when you have clients, you know, we're speaking about Facebook or Instagram or, or social media in general. This is something yeah. you probably didn't have to deal with as much 15 years ago when you're doing <laughs> yeah. this. But how do you generally tell people to navigate their social media? Because sometimes if it's, if it's, a, if it's a mental issue, yep. sometimes the therapy is go out and try to socialize and get out of the house and try to smile, try mm-hmm. to have a good time. Maybe not so much with a bad back or a broken hip. But how do you tell people to navigate their, their social media? I remember one time years ago we had a we had an insurance guy on the show and he said, quote unquote, go dark with your social media. I don't <laughs> yes. know. Do you think that's good advice or not? I think there was a private investigator that uh, yeah, sorry, that we had on. Right. Look, it's good advice from the standpoint of not giving the insurance company ammunition. You're starving them of information that they can use against you. I'm not going to tell somebody go dark or, or, or you know, don't do this or that because for some people, you're right, it's therapeutic. I'm, I don't want to interfere with the therapy. What I want to make sure that the person understands is the impact of their actions on what the insurance company will or will not do. And that's, that's the key thing. See, here's the thing. Information is power. If you have this information and you then make the calculation yourself that, you know what, for my own sake, I want to post this. I want to, you know, I, 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 maybe I should put on privacy settings. That's a good idea. But, you know, if you feel you have to do it, you cannot go dark, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with it as long as you understand the impact and what an insurance company will do with it. We'll still deal with your case. We'll still help you. I still think that despite... You know, what happens in, in circumstances like this, John, uh, we can help individuals. In fact, we do help individuals all the time uh, in cases like this. Uh, but, again, you are giving the insurance company ammunition that otherwise they would not have. So just be careful. That's all. It, it's, not about, it's not about, you know, for us it's about the truth. That's why we take on these kinds of, of, of cases, right? Because we want to help people who are struggling and who should be on LTD. For the insurance company, it's not about the truth. It's about how much money they can make. That's the model. And if they can throw that in your face, make you go away, and incidentally, John, I don't know how old uh, Dan's sister is or how much she'd be entitled to, but let's assume for a second that she's 30 years old. Let's assume that she should be getting, I don't know, $2,000 in LTD a month. That's $24,000 for the year. Let's assume that she's disabled until age 65. I'm not saying she is, but let's assume, or even just for 10 years, okay? 10 years. 
$24,000 a month times 10 years, $240,000 that she's walking away from if she walks away from this claim. So this is what I'm saying. It's There's a lot of money at stake. It's your money. Don't give the insurance company any excuse for not paying you that money. And if it happens in a case like this, like Dan's sister, where in fact she needs help, he's done the right thing in reaching out to us because now we can have that conversation. We can tell him and her what the options are. Then she can decide how she wants to proceed. But at least she's informed. And then we've done our job. Tell me a little bit more about, uh, I mean, I plugged in, I talked about it, mydisabilityquestions.com1 and covidrights.ca. We haven't, I haven't talked about that in some time. Give me some details before we break here. Yeah, mydisabilityquestions.com is, again, a website that's free, anonymous. You can put your name if you want, but you don't have to. Ask any question you want about long-term disability or disability in general, and I will answer it for free within minutes. Okay, that's as simple as that. As, as that. And you can also, you know, look through and search the database of questions there. Chances are your question has already been asked, but you can ask it again. That's fine. Uh, I, I answer the same questions all the time. Uh, in terms of uh, COVIDrights.ca, we created that website because many people are suffering, especially from the mental effects, the psychological effects of of COVID-19 and, and, you know, everything that surrounds it, isolation, remote working, all that. And people apply for long-term disability and are denied by their insurers when they should not. So if you go to covidrights.ca, you will see information specific to this whole uh, uh, topic here of COVID-19, how to deal with your insurance company, what to do if you are denied, what your options are. Remember, uh, knowledge is power, information is power. As long as the insurance company can create the optics that you are powerless, then they are in the driver's seat and you're going to walk away from money that's owed to you. Once you shift that, once you make the decision, I'm going to get educated, and I'm not saying read the whole site, just go and browse it. Contact us if you have a question. It's free. We're going to answer your questions for free. You'll have that information. Trust me, at that point, you are leveling the playing field with this billion-dollar insurance industry. Or frankly, because of this information, you may even be tilting it in your favor. So please go to these websites and, and just un understand what your rights are. Danielle, your email is up next. Thank you for just popping that over now. We will get to that. You have time as well, by the way. Help at disabilityrights.ca to reach Savannah and his team when we're not doing this. one 821 5900 Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. If you're a little shy and bashful, that's okay. You can use the email route as well, help at disabilityrights.ca. As promised, Danielle, that's where we're going. Thank you for your uh, your contribution. It says, guys, my husband was recently cut off LTD because the insurance company said that he reached the old two-year mark of his claim and can't get any more benefits. He's 41. He has severe migraine and very bad chronic knee pain. He worked at the airport as a luggage handler for the past 15 years. I'm not sure what we should do at this point. His doctor offered to speak with the adjuster, but the adjuster just told my husband to appeal if he wants, but that won't uh, speak with his doctor, or he won't speak with his doctor. Is there any hope in appealing this? No. Hard no. <laughs> uh, hard no. But that's, that's, I'm answering the specific question Danielle has posed. Is there any hope in appealing this? I don't believe so. What I do believe is that her husband has a case, a strong case against the insurance company, 
I think that if he appeals it, remember what an appeal is. We've talked about this forever now on this show and on the TV show. When, when an insurance company cuts you off or denies your claim and the letter, at the end of the letter it says you may appeal this with more information, more documentation, you are re-asking the exact same company that cut you off or denied you in the first place to reconsider their decision. And I can tell you that in my experience, that is completely useless. Not just my experience, many lawyers who do what I do. And, you know, again, I will say this again, but it's worth mentioning, I have asked the insurance industry in different ways many, many times to give us statistics on how many of these appeals uh, of LTD cutoffs and denials uh, are successful. And to date, I have not been uh, given an answer. Uh, and, and I'm sure they have these statistics. Now, Danielle, here's the thing, and I want to make sure that, that we're all on the same page. Uh, he was cut off around the two-year mark, and, and it's significant because many listeners are not aware of this, but in long-term disability claims, uh, most LTD policies, uh, they, they, what they say is that if you cannot do your own occupation, or the essential tasks, rather, of your own occupation for the first two years, then you get LTD. You get that income replacement. Typically, it's anywhere between 70 to 80% of your income. Uh, sorry, I apologize. That's for short-term disability. Typically, it's about 60 to 70% of your income. But to get LTD beyond the two-year mark, in the vast majority of LTD policies, you have to now demonstrate medically, with medical support, that you cannot do any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. Okay, that's very key here. Not just any occupation, but any occupation for which you're suited for. So many, many insurers cut off individuals at that two-year mark or around that two-year mark. And many times what they'll do is they'll set you up with an assessor, a doctor or, or uh, a vocational assessor, someone who's going to come back with an opinion that says that you can do some other job when in fact the reality is that because of your disability, you cannot do that other job or any other job for which you're suited for, any other occupation. So, Danielle, in, in your, your husband's case, I mean, he's, he's got chronic knee pains, he's got migraines, uh, you know, his doctors, as, as you're saying here, uh, are, are, are supporting him, and in fact, even the doctor offered to speak with the adjuster, which incidentally, you don't often see. Obviously, this doctor feels very strongly right. that this adjuster is wrong. So, you know, my point is this. Here's what I would do, Danielle. I would start a legal claim immediately against the insurance company. I, I, I would put you know a lot of pressure on them uh, to either reinstate him, to put him back on benefits post two-year mark, or to come to the table and negotiate uh, an equitable resolution, a settlement that takes into account his disability and and you know the fact that they've cut him off now. So this is really key here to understand because the question that Danielle is asking me is a question I often get, which is, can you help me appeal? Can you help me change the insurance company's mind? No, I'm not in the business of changing the insurance company's mind. I don't care what they're thinking. What I care about is what, if I were before a judge, what a judge would do. And the insurance company, believe it or not, cares about that too. Because the last thing they want is to pay their lawyers to fight a case and go all the way to court, because that costs a lot of money, and then lose at the end of the day. And at that point, they're going to pay you not only what you're owed, but potentially also to their lawyers and extra contractual damages in some cases, which are punitive damages, damages that punish the insurance company for their conduct. So we can help your husband, Daniel. Again, after this show, let's get in touch. I will explain to you and your husband exactly what the options are. Please do not appeal, okay? At least not before we speak, and I can you know, explain the full gamut of what the options are. And, and once you and he have these options, 
talk amongst yourselves and make the decision that you want to make on how to proceed. And if at that point you want to walk away or you want to appeal or you want to hire us to help you fight the insurance company, more than happy to do uh, any of these or, or to just stand aside as long as you two know what your options are and, and, and you know what, what the, the pros and cons are of, of each approach. Got about a minute and a half here to go, Savan. Just go through it again because I know we didn't. We only mentioned it in in passing this week. But again, the uh, the insurance thing with the travel. Give us some more details on what's going on there and how uh, how it's so, working. Absolutely, and you know, if you Google my name, Sivan Tomarkin, or if you even Google TD Class Action Travel Class Action uh, Travel Insurance. Basically, this was a class action we initiated a few weeks ago. We got a lot of press across the country, CBC, National Plows, Global, everybody really talked about it. Uh, and, and, you know, we have other class actions in the wings right now as well. And really what happened was that when COVID struck, it, it was, of course, unprecedented. And many, many people across the country had to cancel their travel plans. And what they did is, because they lost this money, right, for the cruises, resorts, flights, etc., uh, they were, many of them were offered credits. But what people did is they said, I don't want these credits. I'm going to file a claim with my insurance company, my travel insurance company, whether it's through your credit card or whether it's through the travel insurer that you purchased the policy from when you bought your trip. And many of these travel insurers, including the credit card insurers, like TD in our case, came back and said that because you have a credit that's offered to you, you don't get a refund. And when we looked at the TD policy, that's that's not the case. It doesn't say anything about you not being eligible to get a refund if you're offered the credit. So that's the basis of that class action, which is national in scope. And I tell people, if you have a travel insurance claim of this type, if you've had to cancel your trip and the insurance company says, because you get a credit, we're not going to pay you uh, or not going to refund you uh, your trip expenses, please get in touch with me and we can tell you what options you have out there. And that'll do it for today. Appreciate you hanging in with us. You want to reach out now that we are done. It is help at disabilityrights.ca, 1-855-821-5900. And any other time, questions, mydisabilityquestions.com. We'll catch you next time right here, Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.